to Sipsionary. Sipsionary. Third, hey. third time's a charm because <laughs> technical difficulties Please are stand amazing. by. Yeah, hopefully you don't have to stand by. We stand by, but, but you don't. This, is yeah, this purgatory? No is this what purgatory is about? keep doing the same thing over and over again. It's like Groundhog Day, it's like Groundhog podcast Day. style. Uh, we get into the Sipsionary. The good news is that we are still on the championship winning podcast. <laughs> yes. Go Braves. Go Braves. Yeah. That was um, phenomenal. I just want to say a, a giant eat it to the Cheater Astros. Oh and I want to say a giant eat it to the LA Dodgers for stinking. And I want to say a giant eat it to uh, every other team in the entire Major League Baseball, including you, Cincinnati Reds. For all of our Cincinnati Reds listeners, you guys stink. We are the <laughs> oh winners. Oh, my word. Oh, my word. Really? Do we have to go that low? <laughs> yep. yep. No. Eat no. it. Well, I think eat it to MLB for screwing up the Atlanta. Yeah, the commissioner, it. when they were presenting, he, <clears> got, <throat> he booed got booed pretty badly. Well, yeah. he should have. Yeah, I think. I think they were dead wrong. I do for think it's like poetic justice. It is. Regardless of whether or not it's right or wrong. It is poetic justice. I think it was and that's <laughs> hilarious to me. Just like irony, that kind of like yeah. shot and Freud. It always it always is a good reminder that we really aren't in charge. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. So yeah, that was great. Fun, 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 fun. Brings back good memories of great pitching. Um I, I don't know. I don't still don't believe that there's anybody greater than the three Maddox. Smoltz I'll ride with, with Greg Maddox any day. Oh my goodness! I, I he was, was so fun to watch. I was tra- telling Nikki. So like, um, who was pitching? Um, Max Fried. No, it wasn't. Max Ma- did wasn't, good, man. Max did good, but th- it wasn't Max Fried. It was who was it? I want to say it was Matzik. He has like sick movement to that. Yeah. I, I, maybe it's not Matzik. Maybe it's Luke Jackson. It, regardless, there's one guy on our team that has like that that fastball with that late movement at the oh, end. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But the thing was, it was like. 94 95 miles an hour oh well, and you're maddox like yeah and that's the thing like he was like maddox did this all with like an 87 right maybe a 90 mile an hour fastball with that late movement <clears throat> and the amount of guys that he would get looking just whiffing so at that great. pitch is just right. ridiculous right it was so fun it to gives watch you so much because you're just watching it and like this and this guy just sits there looks at it and that ump calls him out and, and that ball going, just sneaks right into the and he zone. goes like what unbelievable it's right there, so yeah it's really cool but congratulations braves bravos Eat Braves, it, everyone else. Braves fans. Eat it. I mean, I my my Facebook was just plastered with with uh, Brave stuff. Saw Ken Huff got to it, go to a game. Huh? Did you see that? I Ken know, I know, I know, I know, I know. So did Brian Peterson. He was. What I also want to know is how Bill Reagan knows Ken Huff. Did anybody else? Oh yeah, that? yeah, yeah. I know how. So tell us the story. He is. He was roommates with him ro- at school. Roommates. What? At school. So I learned that when we first moved here. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's yeah, Ken, crazy. Ken sent me a little note and go, "Hey, you're going to be up there with my brother. Is he going to come to your church?" Like no, that's no. hilarious. No, he goes archer. He, he goes, goes archer. Yeah, 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 yeah. Go Bill. Well, yeah, it was a it was a great night. Dad went to bed early and didn't get to see the trophy oh, presentation because he had to take so care of his old. dog. But uh, so old. I'll never for all time. Yeah, I'm sorry, uh, but I did never, see all seven of the down. runs. So I was, saw all six of the cool. games. Oh. oh wow. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Cool. We had a good time. Well, uh, Quentin, <laughs> other than winning a World Series vicariously through your team, yeah, that was so good. Uh, what's your life update? Yeah, what's so um, this is our first episode of November, which oh, means yeah. man, that's well, a weird thing to say. It's continuing on into my favorite time of the year. This is my favorite time of the year. We just got a lot of really cool things happening. I'm pumped about. I am, as we say up here at a very popular radio show, I'm juiced about. Um, I'm juiced this month. And next month, um, going to go spend time with family. Cold weather. Cold weather. Put it is sweatshirts. It is now 
reached below freezing in the evening here, which is so great. Nice. Uh, one of the things that really has me juiced and pumped about um, right now is I, I just went and got a bunch of wood for my wood burning fireplace. Oh, there my it is. So I got some stocked actually, up there. You're actually going to burn it this year? I burned stuff last yeah, year. He yeah. burned plenty of stuff last year. You're away year. from your mic, so we can't hear you, but yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, here I am. Here oh, I rest am. in peace, okay. headphone listeners. Right. Sorry, guys. Uh, yeah, I need to get my uh, fireplace fired up. Yeah, can't wait. That's, awesome. that's uh that's what is like kind of what's rolling my way so far these next couple of months. Excited about that. Can't Football, wait. Football, hockey. Oh, so many sports. So many just yeah, so and the Jackets won again last night against the Avs. Yep. So there's like what, six and one? Six and three. Six oh three? Yeah, they've lost three games. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, like six and three is that, good, though. That's for really good. Like we thought they were going to. I know. Nikki, Nikki was like, they, they, I was like, there's just one game. I was like, yeah, but like the the Avalanche are like well, they're projected to be the Stanley Cup winners. Yeah, like, they're right, but they also there are also lots of injuries. But also they were up to nothing. Right, and Can we I came back on? and beat them. Yep. So it wasn't just that like we and had a good they start. tied up, they tied it up, and so we and we still so beat, after over time, uh, I would recommend um, a. Uh, so that Dune movie is out, right? Dune. Hey, you're not Dune. allowed to give a what for. This no, is no, not I'm your just saying for. this is a life update. So that we went to, after community group, Ethan, Bryce, and I went to watch Dune last night. And that was a good movie. I've heard it's good. Oh, it's really Wait, good. Wait, didn't you, didn't you talk about this last week? No. Uh, I hadn't seen it yet. Oh. But, um, but didn't you recommend it? Was this Lorna Dune? Who? No, this is How You Doing. How You Doing. How You Doing. <laughs> <laughs> Lorna you doing? Dune is actually a butter cookie. What? <laughs> you didn't know that? No, I did not know that. Yeah, look it up. Lorna Dune. L-O-R-N-A Dune. All right. It's a butter cookie. That's Anyways, a, that's, that's a good that's, what for. <laughs> that's what's going on in my life. Well, good. Well, good. Glad you got to Glad you got to glad go watch you got to in, imbibe that. That was good. We I went, love how we you went, snuck in a what for we in went your to, life. Yep, you're welcome. <laughs> we went to prayer meeting last night. Yeah, we had community well, group. Well, we had well, community well. group, too. We prayed at our community group. Did you? Yeah, did you? Okay, we did. Good. At the movie theater. So you got bonus points. At the movie theater. We did see a 30,000-square-foot 30, vacant property right next to the movie theater that I was like... Where? Which, uh, which Pickerington. one? Pickerington. The one by Marcus? Yep. <clears throat> okay. Well, lots of... All right. Um, All right. Well, cool. Well, great. Um, so, what are we talking about today? So, we, have a, we have a topic... Um, we do? That we've, that, that we've talked about. And this is... This we is, have? We've, we've been talking about it for a long time, and it just kind of... We, we weave in and out of it. But I, I think it's really good that we would stop and think about some of the... It, we always do this. We find terms that we use, terminology, and we just throw them out. And rarely do we sit there and say, okay, let's define that. Let's stop and think of what it is. And so, there's there's there's... The first one I think it would be good for us to talk about and is what is legalism? I mean, what is that? Ooh. What what is legalism? And then the let the pendulum swing over the other way, and that is what is antinomianism, because that's kind of um the the where where people lie in their in their view of their righteousness, in their view of God, in their view of the law. Um so it has it, it really begins to um explain how people are thinking and how they live in their lives so i just thought it'd be great for us to chat about that also yeah. before we yeah. chat just <clears throat> want to throw this out there that it is november 4th today and i hope to have this out by the end of today um it is free taco day because ozzy always stole base in the world series today you have to get your free tacos today. at taco bell taco bell oh my just goodness so you guys anywhere in the world yep wow free Dorito, doritos locos tacos. is it today yep 
Why wasn't it yesterday? For those of you that don't want to pay for your diarrhea, <laughs> you can get it for you free. Can get a free. Sorry, top. go ahead. I just want. I just remember that. So you're welcome, everybody. Oh, sheesh. Oh, okay, cool. That's a that's a good word. What is legalism? Good grief! Yeah, that's a that's a that's a good topic. Um, so what you have to understand, and we talk about this a lot on I think our show, maybe even subconsciously, but well, what you have to understand, I think, is the idea. That God speaks to us in two ways, right? Right. So there's there's two categories of his word. Right. Um, in other words, God is doing two things in his word all the time. Yep. He is killing you, and he is making you alive. So the idea is the law, God's ministry of death to us, is operative in his word, and... God's gospel, that is his word of resurrection, his power of God unto salvation, full and final salvation, is also operative. So as Paul says um, throughout a lot of his theology and a lot of his pastoral epistles, the law is a ministry of death. Like as Luther would go on to say, the law cannot actually help you on the road to righteousness. Rather, it prohibits you. In other words, the law of God can show you what righteousness looks like, but it can't actually work righteousness in you. Uh, the law, what is weakened by the flesh cannot do, is save us. So um, I think it's very important that we realize that God is doing these two things. In other words, I think a lot of times we think that God is simply just at work to help us get along, to help us be better, or just simply to help us grow. And we, we attach a lot of cultural Christian things to that. Yep. Um, like, I, he just wants me to read my Bible more, yeah. or he just wants me to be a better Christian, or to stop sinning as much as I do. And that's all external stuff. That's all external stuff. <clears throat> and the reality is, God, the, the scope of what God does, the scope of what his word does is way deeper than that. Number one it renders us dead in our sins, mm-hmm. right? So the law of God teaches us that we are dead in our trespasses and sins yep. in which we once walked, right? Yep. Paul's like, I didn't even know what it meant to covet until the law came in and showed me this is what coveting is. And yep. then he found all sorts of covetousness in right. his heart. And boom, dead in sin. But then also, God is at work to raise your heart from the dead, like, like Jesus' death and resurrection. Mm-hmm. He is at work to revive a new creation, yep. a new heart, within us that is brand new, that functions in a totally different way. So when we talk about legalism, I think it's helpful for us to think in those two categories of God's law and his gospel, and that is how God is operating in us. Yep. When we give into legality, in other words, when we give into life according to the law, what we're simply doing is we are saying that there is salvation according to the law of God. Right. In which case there's not. Right. Right. Now, I, sh- I should say there could be, maybe, if we ourselves were lawful, but we are not. Right. And, and what, you're, what you're saying really is, is it, no one would verbally agree to that. There's no one that's going to say, no, I'm not looking to the law for my salvation. Functionally, though. All the time. All the time. All the time. In because fact, we're looking that's at how your heart is. What right. I'm doing. What I, here's what I offer. That's right. That's right. So, like, legalism, probably by strict definition, is seeking to gain approval with God by use of the law. Yeah. So that, and so you go back to the Ten Commandments, um, and I, and I'll always categorize categorize God's law, or I, sh- I should say, categorize the idea of law with two different categories of law. So there's Big L law, 
which would be like the Ten Commandments, right. God's law, what, ha- right. what has God said in his word. And then there's a thousand, a million little L laws uh-huh. that we subscribe to in life all the time. So if you're looking on Instagram and you see um, uh, a girl who is like the quintessential influencer mom and she is fit and she has her house in order and all of her children obey and you look at that and you say, you know what, I need to be prettier or I need to be more put together or my house needs to be put together in order for me to feel right. Right. Or in order for me to feel like God loves me. Yeah. Then accepted, affirmed. That's right. That's right. Then um, that is legalism. We are living our life to be saved, to be put right according to the law. And we can use God's stuff to do that. So we can go to Mm -hmm. our Bible reading and say, Mm God loves me today because I read my Bible or because I read my Bible, then God will do nice things for me today or I I can feel better about myself. I can justify myself before other people. So when somebody else says I didn't read my Bible today and I did, I instantly try to justify myself or I feel good about myself because I did that. Um, So that, that categorically is, is legalism. And the funny thing is like, Again, I actually don't think that these two categories, legalism and antinomianism, actually exist. I think we pretend that they exist, but they actually really don't. Um, and we end up living in these ways that aren't fully real. In other words, well, we you, are know. Are you talking about the impurest form? Yes. Yeah. In other words, we know we're not pulling it off. Right. Like if anyone, like, and all God has to do is put a little bit of suffering into our, into our realm. Right. And we it spiral just, out of control. It, it punctures that, yep. that that idea. But the but the but the reality is, um, we we feel like we do though. You, you know what I'm saying? Like we we feel like what we're what we're doing is good, and this is showing us the the mass deception of our hearts. That's right. We are we are we are so self deceived. And what what is interesting is 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 that so many of the apostles like make us aware. Be 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 careful that you're not self deceived. Yeah. And and so that should be it should be a, a flag that's raised in our minds when we are thinking along these lines and we want to say, oh, that's legalism or whatever. It should be a flag to go like, hmm, what does God really say about that? And what is really happening versus what we think is happening? Yeah, that's right. So in other words, we know that salvation does not come by what we are able to do. In other words, we could never work for our salvation. We know that instinctually, but right. yet that doesn't stop the old Adam from trying. Yep. That doesn't stop us from living that way. Um, but the, rea- the reality is too, and I think this is a danger for us, especially those of us who grew up in Christian circles, quote unquote, like, because we are, we're really good at spotting legalism. Yep. So we think, yep. um, but again, the categories that, that there is capital L mm-hmm. law and there's little L law means that like I think we need to broaden our horizon as to like what legalism actually is. In fact, we probably see it too less. Like we we probably don't see it enough. Um and what I mean by that is like a lot of us can easily pick at um certain denominations or right. certain right. people and Movements. say they are legalistic. Right. And yet deny the fact that, you know, the reason I go to Instagram every time is because I in my own heart am seeking to be legalistic through Instagram. I'm trying right. to justify myself I follow the right people. I look a certain way. I'm following all the right influencers. I'm thinking with the newest and greatest mm-hmm. cultural swell, mm-hmm. whatever it is. And and, and I think and social, that is legalism. Social media has so ramped that up 
Um, yeah, and it can be. It can be. I mean, it doesn't have to even have to be social media. Right. That's just one little category. Go go to us in sports, right? right. It, it it could be. This is as stupid as it sounds, but yet as real as it sounds, it could be easy for us to say that like um, God loves like the God, Atlanta Braves. God loves the Atlanta Braves because they won. Yeah. And it's like again, look at what they accomplished. God must love them and yeah. attach some level of. Godness, merit, yeah, or, merit yeah, and that's all the legality. What what we're bringing into it is a legal system that says if you can do this well, you will receive it. All it all kind of lines up and and just squares up with our own sense of justice and how that works, uh, whether it's God's justice or our form of justice in a variety of different ways. So yeah. that's that's legalism, life by law, and probably the slogan. If you want to attach some sort of slogan to it is like Nike's little old slogan of just do it. That's that that is the slogan of legalism. Just do it. Just do just it. get it done. It's the posture of achieving. Yeah. Right. So there's something out there for you to do. The law prescribes what you are to do. And if you do it, you'll get good stuff. If you don't do it, you'll get bad stuff. Legalism. So right? so in light of that then let's go to the other side. Uh, if we can say it's a side. Um but what is the antinomianism? What does just talk about that for a little bit? Yeah. So if legalism is all about achieving, mm-hmm. then what you actually, f- and, and if you let the law do its perfect work, what the law is intended to do is, is to kill your old Adam. Yeah. So to kill that man in you that wants to justify himself, that wants to set itself right, that wants to climb up the ladder of righteousness through law. And the, the, the law is basically designed to say, you can never do enough. Right. Right. The law is not to show you that you're pulling it off. It's supposed to show you that you're actually, the moment you started is when you started failing. Right. Um, or as David said, we were born, we were conceived in our own sin. Yeah. So um, the, the posture then has to change. If we are going to receive righteousness, and we talked about this a little while ago, if we're going to get righteousness, it's not going to be from the inside out. Right. It's going to be from the outside in. This is what Luther called alien righteousness, right? Or um, extra, extra nos or extra nos yeah. outside of us, yeah. that idea. So, so grace, and this is why, what grace is so important. Grace is that gift of God from the outside in where he grants us righteousness. He gives it to us for free. No condition. Actually, it assumes the condition of badness. Right. That's why it's called grace. There's no such thing as a definition of grace where um, you deserve the merited thing. Right. Um, grace is intended to be abused. Yeah. That's the definition of grace. So you're like, well, if you take grace too far, and this is the antinomian claim, this is what antinomian can, can kind of lead itself to be. There are people out there that take use of the grace of God and they abuse it. Right. Right. Anti, no, no meanism law. There are people out there that don't live according to any law. All they're doing is saying, like Romans 6 says, are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? Right. Right. So if there is more grace in God than there is sin in us, then why don't we just keep sinning and then we get more grace? Go do what I want to do. And I don't think that that actually is a, a, a real living, breathing person. I don't think there's anybody out there doing that. And what I mean by that is... Fully. Right. I don't yep. think that there's a person who truly understands and trusts and rests in the grace of Christ. Right. And then is seeking on purpose to abuse it willy nilly. Now, right. what I do think exists are a million people who do believe, who do abuse grace all the time, and who continue to go back because that's the definition of grace. Grace assumes that it's going to be abused. Right. Yeah. 
So again, if it's if it if grace is never abused, is it grace? No, it's merit. Right. Right. So if grace is if the gift is only extended to you as long as you don't abuse it, that's merit. Yeah. Right. That's legality. Right. Grace is not that. Grace is the opposite of that. Grace is when you do abuse it, there's even more grace. And so the idea of grace is that you keep going back. You yeah. don't abandon grace. You go deeper in. Right. You know, you go further along in. But I think that's the very nature of grace because it's it comes it flows from the nature of God himself that you we we don't just take one part of God. Yeah. God is full and he's infinite in all that he is and when he enters into the soul of a person you have you you've been given life and that life is supernatural life and it's full and it's and it certainly is by by grace but it's it, it isn't like you just get a t-shirt called grace you get God you get Christ in you get the spirit of God in you yeah yeah and that grace is transformative oh so in other sure. words like once once you're free from legality once you understand that like God is not asking you to do anything right for him he has done everything for you right and gives you the rewards of his working that actually transforms your heart and your mind to think through like well then you know what what should I be doing today well you know what do I love and what has God put in my heart right you know, what has he transformed me to, to, to love and to feel and yeah. to be? And there's, and there's two categories for that, too. We're to love God, and our hearts are filled with gratitude. Our, our hearts are filled with amazement. That's where I think the psalmist said, man, when I consider all the works that God has done, what is man? That you are yeah. mindful of him, and then what is the son of man that you would visit us? I mean, that's, that's a picture of just a man grappling with grace amazing grace yeah yeah, amazing grace and so that's where we begin to learn then not only to love god but then to love people that's right and uh, and i think that's the that's the core that's often missing in that whole um equation if that is if if we want to put it in in the equation term of great of the law and the gospel um is that god transforms in us his heart which is a heart of steadfast love. Yeah, yeah, and that, and I think that's a that's a critical piece of understanding. Like, if you want to do some diagnostic work on your own heart, like, am I legalistic? Which you are, um, but like, like how legalistic am I? Look at your good works. Yeah. Look at the things that you're 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 holding to as good works: Bible yep. reading, prayer, whatever it is, going to church, being a conservative, fill in the blank, giving an offering, you giving, know, just like, all that, fill in the blank yeah. with how you right. get cookies from God, you know, and then think through, does any of this serve anyone other than me? Right. Yeah. And that's critical question. Huge. Huge. And if it's only you who benefits, then you're in trouble. It is no doubt legalism. It's and like it's can a flag can be thrown. You. That's right. <laughs> Back up fifteen yards. Because the reality is, grace. Understanding the reality <clears throat> of grace is the only thing that actually frees you up enough yeah. to get around the business of loving somebody else other than yourself. Yeah. And it, so, in other words, if if grace has been given to you and there's nothing that you have to do to earn God's favor, right. then actually you can give away your Bible time to go minister to somebody else. Yeah. And that is Bible time. And that is wonderful Bible time. It's wonderful Bible time. Or, or you can give away Bible time to ch- do things like change a diaper, which doesn't seem as spiritual, yeah. but can be no less done in faith, trusting Christ and serving your neighbor. Um, anyway, so no, but this is good because I, I, well, because uh, I told a guy he was, he was in, he was seeing me like every week and he was, um, really ignoring the health of his wife and the life of his, of his wife. And yet because he was, he was going to go pray. No, or, he was going to these Bible studies. 
And I looked at him and I said, screw that. I said, I said, stop going to these Bible studies. And he goes like, what? You as a preacher are telling me to stop going to Bible studies. I'm like, yeah. I said, did you know that there are things that you don't even pray for? You don't, you don't pray about being honest. You don't pray about serving your neighbor. You don't, that God, God enables you and commands you to go do it. You don't, don't sit there and go pray about it. Go do it. Just go, go be active. So I said, go home and love your wife. That's right. Go home and, and tend to her physical needs. That's right. Don't go to Bible study. That's right. He got mad at me. He's, of course, because yeah. because yeah, legalism, was, yeah. because right. legality. Yeah. He felt that there was something for him to be doing. Right. And again, what you're probably hearing is, and maybe your own <laughs> your own soul could be wrestling with that this moment is like, well, that's antinomianism. Then right. then we can right. just go and and screw around and not not we can go do, do what I want to do. Then you miss that's you, you don't have grace. Well, then. And first of all, you can. No, you. You you can you can yeah you can you're fr- you're fr- you're that free Jesus has covered you that much yeah b- but but the reality is if you if you really have an understanding of how much God has loved you what do you what has God placed in your heart to be doing right but that's part of grace that they want to just chop out yeah that's right they, and that's the scary part because if if people are free right. Then I have then I have to trust God's work and yeah. not my own ability that's to right. control other people's work. That's right, yeah. and that supernatural work of Jesus in He automatically does those things yep. in you and through you because that's His character. I have to let people be servants of God and not servants of me. Yeah, and that means they're going to have their own giftedness, and yep. they might run to people I might not run to. They might be gifted in a way that I don't want them to be gifted in, or I don't want to see them directed. Yep. And that's scary. We have to well, let, and that's let the go biggest, of control. That's the biggest part then because that leads us back to faith. And we can't love correctly unless it's through faith. Yeah. And we can't, yeah. we can't trust correctly unless it's in love. That's right. So that, <clears throat> that actually, like, it begins to kind of transform your idea of what our Christian works, those things which God has prepared beforehand that we should be walking in, which is a promise, by the way, something that God has promised for us to be doing. Yep. That is why I don't think that there's any such thing as an antinomian. There's no one out there who truly understands grace. Right. And then, then it's just sitting on their couch. Right. I actually, I mean, God has promised us that that is not an existing person. Yeah. It, it is a fear among us because we think, Again, we want control over people's lives. Right. And, and again, I'm not saying people don't abuse God's grace. They do. But I really don't think that God is reneging on his promise that there are good works prepared before his, for his people yeah. prepared Ephesians, beforehand. Ephesians 2.10. And he just yeah. forgot about Quentin today, getting those good works that yeah. Quentin was supposed to do, but God just forgot to empower Quentin to go do those things. But I do think that the Christian works in more common ways than we think. So, for instance, we tend to think our own Christian works are like our Bible reading, these kind of spiritual things. Right. I think the good works that God has prepared beforehand are actually much more mundane than we like to think, but just just more faith-filled. So, for instance, is and this was actually... We're, we we kind of promised the people we'd do some Reformation stuff this week. Oh, we, we did. And we let them down. So maybe oh. this is this is the refo- reformational moment. I think I could argue that what ch- the doctrine that changed the Reformation the most, like the the face on the pig, if you will, is actually the doctrine of vocation. So so Luther argued for the doctor the the doctrine of justification. How do you get right before God? But I think what actually changed the landscape of Europe during that time was the doctrine of vocation, that Christian works are actually simple and done in faith. So, for instance, it used to be that, and this was true of Martin Luther, if he wanted to be right before God, he had to become an Augustinian monk 
Yep. Go go into the pastorate and commit himself to a life of good works right. publicly. And that almost assured him that he would get into heaven to some way. W- Luther changed <laughs> his stance on justification. No, that's not how we get to God. But then what did he go run and tell the shoe cobbler? Be a shoe cobbler. Be a shoe cobbler. Sell, your sh- sell really good shoes at a fair price and do it in faith, knowing that you take care of your, your family and that you sell really good shoes to people out there that'll save people from cold and yeah. damage and know that you are a mask of God to that man yeah. as you sell shoes. Like y- you, are, you are demonstrating something about God to that man that you are using through and that simple good works. cultural changing. Yep. It was. And so that allowed moms to go home and <clears throat> wipe bottoms for the glory of God and allowed shoe cobblers to be shoe cobblers for the glory of God. And it allows you to go to your workplace and not feel like you're wasting time spiritually. Right. But that God is actually using you to be a mask of God to care for people just in very general ways. Yeah. But then also to speak the gospel as a priest right where he has you. Yeah. So you don't need to go to the priesthood in order to be a priest. You are a kingdom of priests. Yeah. And that's where I think, I, I mean, I really, I really appreciate that aspect of the Reformation. And, it, and, it, and in some ways, it's really still true today. Um, we urge our people all the time, wherever they are, they are heralds of the gospel. That's and right. they, they, they speak of it verbally, but they also speak of it visually in their, in their lives and how they serve people. That's right. Um, so we ought to, really, believers ought to be the best at at pumping gas, best at the best changing servants in yeah, absolutely. every capacity. In every capacity, it ought to be the, the child of God who's confident, not in themselves, but in the work of God and the work of his grace in him and to know that Christ is, lives in him and we have been given his righteousness. Yep, yep. And actually what that does <clears throat> give you hope. Oh. Because, because a lot of people, I know Glorious I, hope. I, I use this illustration a lot just because Nikki and I talk about it a lot. So... Those of you that know my wife know that she's a, an excellent pianist, right? Oh, Could be goodness. making more money than I do now just she played the other night piano. and I, my heart just melted. So yeah. again, yeah. again. But what is what is she doing day to day? She's raising our third child. Yeah. And so she's reading a book and she's playing dolls and you know doing stuff like that and changing diapers. And it'd be very easy for Nikki to lose hope or lose sight of what God has called her to do, yeah. it's, it would be easy for her to feel less than because yeah. she's not reaching her potential. And all of that is kind of in that legal mode. How yeah. is Nikki justified? Right. How can Nikki put her head on the pillow and feel okay when all she's doing is wiping bottoms instead of playing piano? Yeah. And a lot of mothers struggle with that. 100%. And Ooh. a lot of us right. struggle with that. Right. Are there things in our job? Right. Like, am I all that God has meant me to be? Yeah. Or fill in the blank, am I reaching my full potential? Do yeah. I feel okay? Do yeah. I feel justified in, in who I am by what I do? Right. That's all legality. Yeah. And there's this fine line between learning to be excellent and doing it right and seeing the results that you feel like probably need to be seen. Sure. I know, I know like in studying my sermons, for my sermons, I, I mean, I battle with this all the time. How good is good enough? How much is enough? Um, and, and it's funny cause like in this classes that I'm taking, I have to write a paper on, did I, you know, what, what was the amount of interpretation work I did plus the application? And the, the question ended up being is how do you know you have the right balance? And i and it, it just, it just strikes you that somewhere out there, there's this line that has to be drawn. If I'm not like Steve Lawson or if I'm not like John MacArthur, but then I'm not how listenable. Dare you. Right. And I'm just going like, you know what? I'm not. 
I'm not them, and I'm just going to be, I have to be me. But no. <laughs> what is that? I, I have to be me. You don't know that song. That's probably, I that's gotta probably be a me. song. That's probably from the 80s. No, it's no. no the Muppets? It's, it's, the Muppets. It also sounds be. like it could <laughs> be a Muppet <laughs> song. <laughs> anyway, Am I but, but that's true. But uh, we're all the time, we're all the time um, trying to make sure that we hit the line. But but again, like, like And there's why? nothing wrong. Well, there's nothing wrong with that until well, you come to terms with why. I was going to say, like, like. Why? There's nothing what is, wrong with motive? being excellent right. unless you're realizing, like, like, is this serving my neighbor or is this serving me? Yeah, but and I'll tell you, I used to practice, you know, three hours a day at times, two to three hours a day. I'd come home and I'd work on the, on the piano. And honestly, I wanted to be good. Yeah. yeah. But, but God used God that. God used that? Yep. He helped me learn discipline. Like, I would struggle over, like, two little notes and I would go over and over and over and over and over till the time my mom would come and put her hand on my shoulder and go, can you just walk away from that for just a little bit yeah. and then come back to it? Because she knew I was, I was going to, to get it. And it was, it was good discipline. But I'll be honest with you, it was all about me. Yeah. It was. And I, I, I look back and I'm going like, man, I wish someone would have talked to me about that. But I don't know. I needed that. I needed that. I, I, I needed something in my life that was going to discipline my thoughts. Yeah. Now... I can go and I can look at a word and I can, I can sit on that word and try to figure it out. And, but then at some point I have to go, you know what? I got to get the message written. Yeah. I can't, Why? Because I, your, your, your neighbor's showing up on Sunday. That's exactly right. And it, exactly you know what? Right. God doesn't need your perfection. And that's not to say that you're trying uh, to shoot for imperfection. Again, I don't think there's anyone no, out there trying to that's, do that. That's, that's the I, struggle. <laughs> I tried to do that. <laughs> trying to be the worst <laughs> version of yourself. But I, I do think it goes back to the idea of like, what is the mechanism of the operation of life? Yep. Are you living, are you living to achieve? Yeah. Are you, are you living uh, for salvation? Or are you living to receive? Are you living from salvation? Yeah, out of salvation. Um, and I think the operation of law versus the operation of grace is entirely different and actually l- allows you to do the most meaningful of works yeah. and the most common of works um, in a faith-filled way that actually pleases God and loves your neighbor. And gives you rest. Yeah, totally. And gives you rest. Gives you peace in your soul about what you're doing. So there's a million Good. different things we can talk on about that. But yeah, that's, but that's uh, why I felt like we just let's just talk about that. Let's just hash this out a little bit because um, I know if if we deal with this as pastors, people in the pew deal with it. So yeah, and I think maybe uh, what time have we got here? We gotta take a break. Okay, well we gotta take a break. We'll we'll cover this on another episode. All right, cool. Bye. Welcome back to the Cyptionary. Welcome back. Um, yeah, yeah. We're going to do a little what for action here. Yeah. Um, man, I have like a gazillion things because I feel like there's been some answered prayer in my household. Oh, that's uh, good. That's neat. For, for a Let's, lot of you, you know that I deal with like plantar fasciitis, like foot pain since May. Um, and it's plain, cri- plain crippled or my penis? life. What? What? Planters. Oh, I always just, whenever I hear plantar fasciitis, I'm, I think of that little. The little bottle, pe- the peanut of, man, a peanut man. I'm going like the habanero mango, plain or peanut, or whatever it was no, that no. you had in your house. What, yeah, what those were, oh, what, uh, habanero barbecue. 
Oh, almonds. Those, those were delicious. Holy cow, those, those were really so good. good. Really? Oh, they were really oh good. no. Okay. Oh. But that's not my what for. That's not your what for. So I found not a couple, my what for I, I found either. a couple things. Um uh one is Birkenstocks, which oh, yeah. are fantastic. <laughs> really helped. I wear those all the time. Like I know, I saw you had those and I was a little jealous because I'm like, I love those clogs. They're so great. Well, it, like it just I don't know what it is, but like it just alleviates mm-hmm. your feet. It yeah. balances and squares them up. Yep. And it I think the so cork, good. which is harder, mm-hmm. it's like it's tougher. There's part of it that hurts there a little bit, doesn't it? No. No. Oh, mine do. Just a little bit. But I Oh, I think the I think the hardness of it actually helped disperse it. It almost oh, like okay. conformed my yeah, feet saying, to the yeah. balance. Um, really helped. But of course that that doesn't really like solve anything. No. It just kind of alleviates pain in the middle of it. Um so I actually got my my wife was like, You gotta go to my chiropractor. He said he can help you. And I was like, Babe, like I'm dealing with foot pain. Right. I'm not dealing with back pain. Right. She's like, he really thinks that it can help. So I went in there for a consultation because they were offering a free consultation for Halloween stuff, whatever. So I go in there and he like, it feels like voodoo magic, man. It's like, he's like, I can heal your nervous system and then your body will naturally heal itself. I'll take care of your, your ophthalmologic problem too. You know, it's, it's like, I don't understand any of what he's saying, but I mean, it kind of made sense a little bit. Just break it down very simply. Okay. Everything in your body runs through your spine. Right, like your nervous Nerves, system, your bloods, your your blood supplies, everything goes from goes through your spine. So if your spine is out of <clears throat> out of whack, and if it's pinched anywhere, yeah. it will affect your body. And then your body spends all of its time trying to fix that rather than fixing, fixing other, things. other things that actually mm. need to be fixed. So a chiropractor says, "Let's fix your spine, and then allow your body the opportunity to naturally fix itself." the way that it should be doing. Yeah, he kind of explained it as like base, basically taking your body out of the fight or flight mentality. Like so when your when your yeah. spine is doing something crazy or whatever, your body kind of goes into like a nervous like fix this problem and if it like never gets fixed then it always kind of lives in that mode. And because of that like it messes up the way your basically your nervous system sends signals to the brain right. or signals like yep. whatever. And Th- so super, theoretically Theoretically. Theoretically. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, like, yeah, like, honestly, that's what I thought, too. I was like, you know, okay, that kind of sounds okay. Or that's how like, God designed your well, body. Okay, <laughs> but if you've never done it before, it literally sounds like voodoo magic. I'm just saying. Like, it literally sounds like, all well, right, you're going to rub me with essential oils and it's all going to yeah. go away. He's doing. Well, but it also sounds like, you know, this one thing will cure everything. Everything. It's not true. He doesn't say that. He said, I said it, it, but sounds it sounds like that. Okay. It, it sounds, sounds so, like so my, what is the true. whole point of my what for is actually that. I know it sounds crazy, but I literally, I've seen him two times. So like I, last Wednesday was my first one. And then this is today's Thursday. Yeah. Uh, and I saw him yesterday and I stand here today without foot pain. And now there's a couple other things he's working on. Um, but he had basically adjusted my foot twice and then like my hips and my back once. Mm-hmm. And literally I could feel it in my body. My wife thinks I'm crazy, but like I could, I could feel it I don't in think my body. Crazy. I've had it happen. Like, uh. like I could feel like my hands got heavier. Mm-hmm. Like it felt like my body was at peace because like the first well, time in a very long time. Because you're now have for the first time in a long time, your system's being able to flow naturally. Right. So like you feel more blood flow. You feel the. I literally felt I, that. Like I, I told Nikki, like I felt like he talks about like the front of your brain, like yep. the frontal cortex. Like I Pressure promise gone. you, I almost like took headache medicine because I kind of felt like I had a little bit of a headache in the front of my head. And I think it was basically just like there's something that wasn't hasn't been 
firing there that is firing now and it feels warmer heavier i promise you i, I know. know it sounds cra- i know it sounds crazy. crazy and i am not it's one like, of those like voodoo people it's, just, it's like when you have a hose and you got water going through mm-hmm. it and then you pinch it mm-hmm. it it puts pressure mm-hmm. throughout the hose and if it has if the hose has other ways water for it to go out then it'll go out that way but it'll it'll be stronger right it'll be it'll have more pressure that way but when you unkink it and everything's supposed to flow naturally it Water where there's not water is going to feel different. And then the spaces that was overflowed with water, that's going to be different as well. So, yeah, I I know it sounds crazy, but like literally like two hours afterwards, I was I was so tired. Yeah. Like and I think it was just my body just like, again, my my hands, my legs, even my head felt heavier. So all of our kids, just all all of our kids would have had issues not sleeping well. And then as infants, as infants. And so we started taking her to the chiropractor. As soon as they would get adjusted, sleep, slept normal, slept perfectly um, for 12 hours, eight, 12 hours, right? So every time Ivy goes and she gets adjusted, she always goes and lays down for a nap afterwards and she's fast asleep. And then she's I'm telling you, it's so straight. Yeah. So my only thing is like, if you're out there suffering, maybe, maybe like, I'm kind of standing here like my wife was a couple weeks ago. Like, what do you have to lose? What do you have to lose? Go try it out. And it was relatively cheap. I actually was surprised by how cheap it is. You've got to get the right kind of chiropractor, though, because not all just like it's just like a dentist. Not every dentist is like a really like that great of a dentist. Like I remember we had a dentist growing up that was awful. And oh, really? Yeah. Dr. Um, Hunt. Nope. Brown. Brown. I think so. Dr. Brown. I remember him. Um, I just remember names. I just every time Dr. Hunt was actually very right. Good. So He's, the difference between Dr. Hunt and Dr. Brown was that Dr. Hunt, like I would, you would walk out of there not feeling like you just got your mouth wrenched out of you, or your and and yeah. so like there's a difference, right? But he had fine crafted. That's what I'm stuff. Too. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like you've got and he knows what he's doing. Well, um, I, I'm not saying Dr. Brown doesn't know what he's doing. He well, there's a different doing. way of doing right. it. Like the the way that he was doing it is more. It's it's yeah. it's it's a different. It's a better way of doing it f- from my perspective. So that's the same thing with the chiropractor too. Much like any doctor, yeah. and not every doctor is going to be the same. But you, so do your research. Yeah. So he, I mean, he adjusted me, put me in some like weird positions, told me what was going to happen, and it happened. That was kind of creepy because he could basically say like, "All right, you're going to hear three three cracks on your neck here," and I'm like. <laughs> And like, okay. And then he's like, I got to do the other side. Same thing. And then like stuff with my hips. He pulled my leg, slammed it down three times on a block. And he was like, now you're good. And I, I, I it just felt like he I was, was pulling normal. your leg. That's why he was pulling my leg. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I recommend him. Uh, we can get, cool. if you are really interested in your local here in Columbus, like I'd be happy to give you his name and contact information. I'm not a salesman for him, but I, the point is like, that's I feel what much for. better. I need to get back to him. I that's a what a for. That's awesome. Cool. All right, so I guess I got devotional. Do it. So yeah, I just want to ridiculous talk, to the sublime. Yeah, I want to talk to you just uh, just a little bit because I think this so well ties into even what we were talking about earlier. But um, so some of you know, I've been um, we we've started a whole series on the Psalms, and um, I've been super excited about it because I, I actually I, I I figured out that I've put put this off because I've I've been fearful of the Psalms because there's every Psalm has its own 
deal. I mean, you, like it's not like the book of Matthew. You you pretty much understand where where they're coming from. And once you get that down, you you know the historical context. You know the you know the direct cultural context. You you know you know you know all of that where Jesus is. Who is he dealing with? In the Psalms, you've got all of these different things going on, and the Psalms pokes in areas that a lot of the other books don't poke in because they are poet it's poetry and they're psalms and they're songs and so it opens up the emotions it opens up a, a broad spectrum of life and um some folks you know over over um over it's near half or over half are laments i mean and they're it, we don't we don't like, typically think of worshiping god by lamenting um last week we were in psalm 9 and we were worshiping God because God is just in his judgment of wicked men. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that draws us to worship. Yeah. I mean, that was a thought. It's, uh, it's yeah, that was a thought, but, um, <clears throat> Psalm one and two, um, is the, is, is what I say called the glorious entrance into the Psalter. And it's like, <clears throat> so what I did is I pictured, I pictured, um, sitting on the front porch of God's glory with Yahweh and he's talking to us and he starts from the very beginning and he starts with this Psalm 1 and Psalm 2 there's no we don't know who wrote them um, I kind of think that that certainly God is the author is the Holy Spirit and he well <laughs> certainly but I I think he didn't tell us who on purpose because it's almost as if he's saying I'm going to tell you how this is going to be because it goes clear back, honestly, it goes clear back to the book of Genesis, and it puts us in Eden all over again. And he starts with, blessed is the man. And if you, if you go back to the Garden of Eden, and God sets Adam and Eve in this perfection, and he, he looks at Adam, and he says, all of this you can have. Adam, you are blessed. You are, you are given everything that you need and all of it is perfect and all of it is glorious and all of it reflects me and you and I are going to walk and we're going to we're going to have this relationship and so it starts with this blessed is the man now god also knows at this point in time man turned his back and man uh, is living not in the <clears throat> full blessed way but so god is instructing him and just like we're sitting on the front porch god is sitting there going all right let me tell you how to live in my world this is still my world and this is my kingdom and so blessed is the man and here and he begins to show a contrast and he shows the contrast by what what the 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 blessed man doesn't do hmm. and my point though is bringing out is this that it starts with blessed is the man and it talks individually <clears throat> about what the righteous man does and who the righteous man is and then he talks about the wicked and he sums up chapter one with, for the Lord knows the way of the righteous, the righteous. And it's, and it's more like the righteous one. The Lord knows the ways of the righteous one. Who is that righteous one? Well, it's Jesus. He's the only righteous one. And certainly Yahweh knows the way of the, of the righteous one because Jesus is God. Um, but the way of the wicked will perish. One, God knows both ways. One is living the way of the righteous, and he's, he's going to be blessed, but the way of the wicked will perish. And it's like, um, I, I pictured it as in there, like, you know, we're sitting on the front porch, and it gets really quiet hmm. at the end. And then he goes on, Psalm 2, <clears throat> and he goes, why did the nations rage and the people's plot in vain? 
and he immediately goes from the individual to the large nations, to the families, to the, to the big towns, the big villages, and shows that wickedness, wickedness plots, schemes, hmm. but it's all in vain. Yeah. And you go through, and it tells, <clears throat> and it talks about what, what God will do. And, and verse 4 says, he sits in the heavens and laughs. God scoffs at the scheming of the wicked. Hmm. And we don't typically think about that, and we don't typically think that God actually laughs. But, but that's exactly what he's doing. He's laughing in derision, and the Lord holds them in derision, derision. In other words, he holds them and just goes like, guys, you're not getting anywhere. Do you remember what I said at the end of chapter 1? Uh, Psalm 1, the way the wicked will perish. You're not getting anywhere. But the, and he says, then he will speak to them in his wrath and terrify them in his fury, saying, as for me, I've set my king on Zion, my holy hill. What's he doing? I've, I've put in place the way things would be. And you know what? Jesus reigns and rules. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so he finishes that Psalm 2, <clears throat> and he says, kiss the son, lest he be angry and you perish in the way. For his wrath is quickly kindled. And once again, there's the picture of you go wicked, you will not perish. But then he goes this, blessed are all who take refuge mm -hmm. in the righteous one, mm -hmm. in him. And it goes back to blessed. And this is where, as Christians, we must understand we were given that blessing at the very beginning. We denied it. We, we, we set our, our wills against it. And God, in his kindness, set his son to do the work and to be our righteousness. And those who, who run to him will find refuge. Why? Because the wicked will perish and the righteous will enjoy that blessedness. So be blessed. Yeah. Run awesome. to Christ mm -hmm. and let Christ be your central focus. That's right. Amen. That's right. That's good. So get your, get your tuchuses in church on Sunday. Do so. Yeah. You'll and hear, do so. Lord willing, you'll hear about that. Do so, not legalistically. But do so legalistically. Yes. Well, <laughs> what? Do so because it's right, but enjoy the fact that you're free now by his grace to actually do what is right and to pursue him with all your heart, soul, body, mind, and spirit. That's right. That's right. You, you need what right is offered on. there. All right. We'll catch you next time on the Cyptionary. Thank you for joining us. Tell a friend and raise tell, your hand. Tell Ohio. Deuces, y'all. What? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. I don't know. I just feel like come down the aisle. Right. I don't know. I just felt like just as you doing is. Stuff. As just, as, is. just as you is. Just as you is. I am's what I am. That's right. All right. Go. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Yep. Bye.